The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Chet Waterhouse. We got a barn burner for you today, a brouhaha, a football Donnybrook. But first, let me thank the, the folks that are sponsoring this uh, podcast for real. I got True Car, of course, for all your car buying needs, uh, used or new, uh, go to True Car. And, of course, uh, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They've partnered up here with, uh, with Podcast One Sportsnet. And, in fact, we got a special guest on the phone. All right, before we get into Ross Tucker, I got a special guest We've never had a special guest. This is unbelievable for me. A thrill and a half. I might have to get out the bag. I'm hyperventilating. Dave Mason from betonline.ag. Dave, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. Listen, I've been dying to ask you guys because I know you guys are partnering up with uh, with Podcast One. We go to all uh, we go to you guys for all our betting needs and all that stuff. And and you know, as a sportscaster, I've never been able to bet, and uh, they don't let me into a lot of the big time uh, press boxes anyway. But I know a lot of my listeners, just, you know, some of the terminology gets past them. So why don't we just have like a primer on some basic terminology, like the line. How do they figure the line? When I see a line and it says, like a baseball line, and it says plus whatever the hell, what's a good baseball line? Say, uh, who's playing this? Who's Oakland playing this weekend? Oakland and whoever. And it says plus something and then minus something. I get a little confused. I'm not great at math. Explain that line to me. Gotcha. Okay, yes, that's called a money line, and that's the most popular way to bet baseball. So let's take tonight uh, Mariners Athletics, let's say. Mariners are plus 116. That means they are the underdog. That means you, you to risk – if you risk $100, your profit would be $116. So you get your $100 back plus $116 on top of that. So your profit would be $116 at plus 116. Now on the other side, the athletics are minus 126. They are the favorite. So you would have to risk $126 to win, to profit – $100. Of course, you get your $126 risk back, but the profit would be $100. So as you see, the plus, you get more back than your risk. The minus, you get less back than your risk. That makes complete sense now. I never knew those numbers like accurate. That's that's what, what you would make on a bet. Man, oh, man, it can't get simpler than that. You know something? Uh, I, I might have to take a breath after. Hang on, Dave. Wow, I got it now. I'm going to be able to bet. Now, the odds, uh, Vegas Eye seems to get these damn odds right. It's amazing to me. How do you guys do it? How does, how does a betonline.ag, when you're making a line, how do you guys come so close all the time? I'm looking at odds sometimes, and they go, ah, they, they, I, I bet they'd win by three TDs instead of one. And you guys are sitting there at seven, seven and a half points. And then sure enough, Somebody drops a ball or somebody drives a moped into the back of a bus and they're out for two weeks, and bam, it's a one-touchdown game. How do you guys know? Where do you get your info to make a line like that? 
Well, you know, it's just it's it's our odds makers are good. You know, it, I wish it, we were accurate all the time, but there are those games where we're not accurate. We get killed. Um, but yeah, it's you know we put up a number early. We we had the earliest opening odds in the industry, so we come up with our handicap our handicappers come up with the number. They put it up there for lower limits, and then people bet it. And you know, sharp guys bet it. Sharp guys are educated, informed, long term winners. So they'll bet it, and how they bet it, we move accordingly so as the week goes on or as the day goes on that that number gets more and more precise more and more accurate so that by the time the game kicks off or tips off or whatever that that number is as as accurate as possible so you know we we put up our number and then let the sharps determine where that number is going to go if we're half a half off a half a point one point whatever but that closing number is going to be very accurate right right and you're saying betonline.ag has the first line out there of anybody is that what you yeah, just said? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the for, for the football, basketball, baseball, and hockey, yes, we do. So you know that's that's our bread and butter is the U.S. market. So for the four major U.S. sports, we open the odds up before the competition, probably about ninety five percent of the time. Man, that's amazing. Now, listen, what about a rookie better guy who's just saying, you know, I got a little discretionary cash. I'm set everywhere else. I want to have a little fun. Uh, I'm down in a man cave. My wife's cool with it. Uh, what would you recommend for, for a neophyte, a rookie better, uh, for his first forays into sports betting? What would, what would be the way to, 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 uh, to, to have him get into, a, into, into an arena that he understands and he still can root for it and he's not confused or, or uh-oh, what do I do now? You know, he's not getting into uh, right. what's the bet at the quarter, what's the bet at the – what's the easiest way to get in, lay down a bet, and still have fun watching a game? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, you know, we, the, the, the most popular way to bet, the easiest way, is that pregame bet. You know, who's going to win the game, who's going to cover the spread, whatever. Um, that's the easiest way, the most popular way. Um, the most novice way, I guess, but you know, that's, that's what most guys do. But like I said earlier, I mean, for the novice guys, always pay attention to that number. You, you always get the best value. And that's when those early lines come in, right? Because if you can get if you can get an extra half point or an extra point on, on before that closing number, I mean, that, that, that's so invaluable. I mean, that, that, this moves the odds in your favor. So, and of course, bankroll management, you know, you don't deposit 50 bucks and, and, and blow that whole 50 bucks on one game and then try to double up and chase your loss. No, make that 50 bucks work for you. You know, if you're a yeah. $50 depositor, make the, the 10 bucks a game, five bucks a game, whatever. But you don't want to blow your whole load on one, on one bet, you know? Right. Get into the groove and have some fun is what you're looking for. That's right. Yeah, that's the way to do it at betonline.ag. Dave Mason, thank you so much. As to, uh, you know, it, it's really exciting uh, for, for uh, time for gambling and betting. And, and, and I know you guys at betonline.ag, your exclusive partner with Podcast One Sportsnet now. For all things, folks, listeners out there, lines, odds, wagers, inside info, you name it. Football season right around the corner. If you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, go to betonline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business get a load of this and uh, i'm i'm gonna bet dave mason was behind this he used promo code podcast one to receive a 50 percent sign up bonus today betonline.ag go today for major league baseball games to sign up at betonline.ag and use promo code podcast one to receive a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit when you put down any wagers on major league baseball games yeah you heard me right 50 percent they're gonna bump your bankroll Take advantage of this incredible offer now at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Dave Mason, thanks a ton.
My guest today, Wiley NFL commentator Ross Tucker. But first, time for the Waterhouse Update brought to you by Kanye Quick Trance. Will yourself to sleep in the middle of any conversation with Kanye Quick Trance. Golf, PGA Championship at St. Louis, so muggy, beef jerky was sweating. You know, it's, it's, it's an exciting tournament when Trump stops tweeting. A thriller won by Brooks Kepka, who up until yesterday I thought was the name of a buxom German supermodel. Tiger Woods charged harder than a Kardashian going after an emerging new NBA star. But Kepka beat him by two. And Roseanne could breathe a sigh of relief. Classical harpsichordist Francesco Molinari finished sixth. That PGA wrap-up brought to you by Benevolent. The lint you can actually work with. America's pastime. Now not filming a Walmart parking lot fight on your phone. Baseball. Seattle sweeps Houston. They're hotter than a narcoleptic's barbecue grill. And the Oakland A's like a meter maid with a month-ending quota. They just keep coming at you. Cubs win on a bottom of the ninth grand slam. No one ever predicted that except every 11-year-old in a sandlot game ever. NASCAR. Chase Elliott. It wins at Watkins Glen. Made it look easier than flying your own plane out of SeaTac. What's almost as exciting as shiny car keys? NFL preseason. Saquon Barkley darted 39 yards in his first carry for the New York Giants. Kids harder to catch than a glimpse of your neighbor's wife naked. And finally, crime update. Not one but two scandals at Ohio State. Boy, they just won't let Michigan beat them at anything. That item brought to you by U-Drive, the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. And now it's talk time. My guest today, former NFL lineman, now commentator for Sirius and Podcast One, and he did all this despite earning an Ivy League degree from Princeton. Ross Tucker. Ross, how are you today? Chet, I am fantastic, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, man. Listen, let's get right to it. You came out of like a small town in Pennsylvania that, I'm going to be quite honest, has a Y and two S's in it, and I can't quite figure out the pronunciation. What's, what's the name of that? My, 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 I can't go. It is, it is Wyomissing. Wyomissing. I had a, I had a six-year run, maybe, Chet. As the most famous person from Why I'm Missing, and then a girl named Taylor Swift oh, beat brother. me out by uh, <laughs> by quite a bit. I think she's a late breaker coming around the outside down the home. Taylor Swift nips Ross Tucker at the wire for most famous while missing alumni. That's impressive. Now, how'd you get to? Uh, what kind of hometown was that? What was Wyoming missing known for? So it's an hour west of Philadelphia. Uh, it's kind of known for Taylor Swift now, I guess. Yeah, uh, right. Growing up, it's uh, it's right next to Reading, Pennsylvania, which is kind of a a very rough, uh, rugged, post-industrial Rust Belt town. Yeah, and yeah. I guess why missing's why missing's kind of the. The nicer area across the bridge, I guess, if you will. So that's that's probably what it's known for is being where uh, a lot of the doctors and lawyers' kids live in the yeah. Reading area. So it's the upper lower class neighborhood for Reading. Is essentially, what <laughs> I you're think saying. That, I, I think that that's that might be I the accurate. That's yeah. probably fair. Yes, I'm from the Rust Belt. I know all of those strata. Uh, now, listen, how'd you get sucked into football? I would have pegged you for like a shot putter in a heartbeat. Maybe you did double duty. You know what? My my dad, believe it or not, Chet, is five nine a buck seventy. Get out. And 
when I got married, I was six five. I'm probably like six four and a half now, and it was the heaviest day of my life because I had a back surgery for the Buffalo Bills three weeks earlier. So I was 337 pounds on my wedding day. Wow! So my dad and mom had uh, Penn State season tickets. So literally the first thing, Chet, I remember is when I was like five years old, going to a Penn State game, seeing the colors, seeing the blue and white in the stadium and just thinking, yeah, man, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And it didn't work out that I played for them. I was kind of a late bloomer. I did get uh, two handwritten letters from Jerry Sandusky, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. Sure. Those um, are, uh, those are and, uh, I would say they're framed, but they're actually probably in evidence some, somewhere right yeah, now. Yeah, so you can't right, frame them right. yet. Now, you, so um, you come out of high school, and, and you're, uh, you're, uh, you're not getting really a sniff uh, from, from any of the majors. You wind up at Princeton. So you must have banged the books at Wyoming West. I'm guessing you went to Wyoming as opposed to Wyoming Central. Yeah, you know what? I tried, man. Football definitely helps. But my, my scholarship offers were like William & Mary in Delaware. But I thought – The Blue Hens. <laughs> yeah, I said if I can go to Princeton or Harvard because of football, I, I got to go. So I went to Princeton. It was like an hour and a half from my house. They had, um, you know, they beat UCLA in basketball that year. Oh, that's right. They won the Ivy League in football, and it was the best campus I had ever been on in my life. Still yeah, Pete, uh, Pete, uh, Pete Carroll was the coach, right? The name is spelled a different way, the, the basketball coach. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That little feisty guy at Princeton winning everything. Uh, now, uh, listen to me. Uh, what's the most highfalutin thing you did at Princeton football that they don't do at the big football schools? Like, uh, did you guys ever, like, did you just, like, take a quantum mechanics final during halftime or something? What <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine going to Princeton and playing football. No, well, I mean, the one thing I would tell you is that, you know, unlike at the big schools where they give you, you know, handshakes where there's some cash in their hands. Ah. At, at, at Princeton, they give you handshakes and they got a business card in their hands. And sure. that business card is way more valuable than yes. any money would ever be. <laughs> that's Way, right. way more valuable. That's why, that's why you go there is for those, those handshakes and those business cards, I think. What was the most eye-opening difference between college ball and the pros for you? Um, Especially you, coming out of Ivy League. I mean, not a lot of guys make it out of Ivy League into the NFL. You know what's weird, Chet? Like, when I was at Princeton, we we would watch, like, Michigan against Ohio State or Florida State-Miami, and we would just wonder how good those guys were and what would happen if we had like 13 guys on the field the whole time against them? <laughs> right. So one of the reasons why I wanted to I wanted to give the NFL a shot is I really just wanted to see how good those guys were. Like I really just wanted to see what it was like to go against a Florida State guy or a Notre Dame guy or whatever. So I had built them up so much in my head that when I got there, I didn't know if I, I was with the Redskins in 2001. I didn't know if. Bruce Smith or LeVar Arrington or Big Daddy Wilkinson. I didn't know if they would pick me up and throw me. Like, I didn't know what would happen. Yeah. So the weird thing I tell people is, like, I actually thought they'd be better. Like, I, I built them up so much in my head yeah. that when I actually got out there, I was like, all right, like, they're faster and they're bigger, but they're still just guys. They're right. still just human beings. The two things that I could not believe, Chet, from my first minicamp 
I kept hearing a whistling noise like the first 15 minutes of practice, and I had no idea what it was. I kept looking around like, what is that whistling noise? And then I finally realized our quarterback was Jeff George. And anytime he flicked his wrist and threw the ball, oh, it man. went through the air like nothing I had ever seen. And it had a whistling noise because wow. it was that tight of a smile. Yeah. I had never seen somebody throw a football like that in my whole life. And that's actual like you actually studied aerodynamics at Princeton. So you knew where, <laughs> you knew where that noise eventually came from. Now, listen, injuries kind of cut your career short. Mine, too. I got to admit, I got a gnat. Caught in my left eye, I was doing something in South Dakota, damaged my peripheral vision. I couldn't get to the majors. I do a lot of minor sports. I do the hell out of them. But uh, that's a death knell for a play-by-play. But you, now you had, yeah, what's your story? When did you get injured? How did that happen? So, well, I mean, 2004, I, I had a back surgery that I was never really quite the same after that. Like I tell people all the time, Chet, after the back surgery, I was a little bit, less athletic, a little bit less explosive, and a little bit makes a big difference in the NFL, especially, to be, you know, yeah. when you weren't really that athletic or explosive to begin with, right? So yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a big part of it. And then in 07, I still was able to stick around a couple of years, but I wasn't quite the same guy. And then in 07, I was on the kickoff return on the wedge back for the Redskins again, and I herniated my C5, C6 in my neck. So in Buffalo, it was L4, L5, L5, S1. In Washington, it was C5, C6. I bruised my spinal cord. I said to the doctor, you know, what do you think? And he's like, I think you're 28. You went to Princeton. It's time to get a real job. I yeah. said, okay, you know, fair enough. Well, you know, you went through uh, most of the alphabet. You you got into uh, alphabet, alphabetical and numerical combinations that uh, uh, six-year residents don't understand. You're into like, yeah, I got a K-9 down in my lower uh, – <laughs> you're into areas that they don't even know. So, well, we got to talk about it. Listen, you were somehow with like uh, – uh, what was it, seven teams in six years? That is a, a more checkered past than my own. I mean, uh, uh, like I say, I'm doing events like the uh, interstate barehanded culvert hunt, and I'm doing a, a pro a speed fishing. I'm doing things like that. So, so now, uh, do you do you do you uh, believe that uh, came from your injury mostly, or or did people just not like the fact that you were brighter than them coming from Princeton? <laughs> No, it's a uh, it's a tough business, man. I I uh, it's funny, Chet. So after my first year, you know, my rookie year in the NFL in two thousand one, the rookie minimum was two hundred nine thousand. So my claim to fame was that my first year out of college, I made more money than any of my other Princeton classmates. But it was only a couple years after that that they all started passing me. And then my next claim to fame is that I was the only twenty eight year old Princeton grad who had already been fired four times. <laughs> that, um, that doesn't, doesn't happen, happen much. very often. No, that so. doesn't happen much. I yeah, tell you, so yeah. I've got those, – those are my two claims to fame. Well, hey, you know something uh, – uh, as they say, uh, any press is good press, especially with the end of the business you wound up in. So the hell with all of that. I mean, those are things that, hey, look, you just had – they're great anecdotes. Uh, you segued into uh, – into, hey, that's an Ivy League word there, segue. I think I nice. just tossed one of those. In. Uh, you Do you can, know how to spell it yet? Do you know how to spell it? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not going to press my luck. 
I'm going to save all my uh, – I get, listen, uh, <laughs> Ross, I got to go. I'm on a flight right after this. I'm doing the Tour de Eknarf, which is the Tour de France, but they pedal backwards. They start in Paris. So I got to save all my good references <laughs> for that. Uh, so, but, but now you're, you're, you're into broadcasting. You're doing – you got your own uh, podcast. You're doing all of this stuff. You're commentating on the NFL. Uh, but you used to play it. Do you consider yourself like a player's broadcaster instead of these pretty boys like Rich Eisen and Colin Coward and those guys? Do you get into the trenches because you know what they're dealing with? I, th- I like to think so. Now, I will say this. You know, this is what I always wanted to do. You know, I, I mean, I grew up because my dad's not a big guy. I, I wanted to, like, go to Syracuse and and write for Sports Illustrated or right, work right. for ESPN or something. Sure. I never actually thought I'd be good enough as a player. Um, but now I get to call games. I have a radio show. All my podcasts I love. I got a podcast you know, where we – the Ross Tucker football podcast. I'll, you'll appreciate this, Chet. I have a gambling one called Even Money, a fantasy Love one it. called The Fantasy Feast. Basically, any part of football that people like, I got a podcast around it. College draft. You're, you're the, you're the, so yeah, you're the business of sports. So the, it's the awesome. Kevin Hart. It's you're what the, I always I'm the, almost 40, Chet. And I still, to this day, have not had a real job ever. That you're the Kevin Hart of large white guys uh, doing sports broadcasts. You got like nine <laughs> projects. That's impressive. Well, listen, look, I got an Ivy Leaguer here, and this was something I do every week. One of the smartest guys ever in the NFL. Time for the advice corner. Actual takeaway for my listeners from the great Ross Tucker. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just uh, uh, answer them as best you can for my listeners. What should we be watching during an NFL game that maybe we're not watching? What part Watch of the, game? the interior line for the first second of the play, first second or two, because you'll have a great indicator of whether or not that that play is going to have success based on what you see happens up front. So that's number one. And then number two, watch the cat and mouse game between the offenses and defenses before the snap. You know, the defense will try to wait as long as they can before they get lined up. The offense will try to act like they're going to about to snap the ball so that the defense gets lined up and then they won't snap it, but they'll know what the defense is doing on that play. It's a whole it's it's a whole dance they do at this point. That's pretty well. All right, you've committed a foul. What's the smart way to try to avoid detection? You've grabbed down to uh, Big Daddy Wilkinson. You're trying not to show. What's the best way to, to try to avoid getting the flag thrown on you? So what you don't want to do, Chet, is, is, is pull your hands back and put them up in the air or, make, or draw any attention to it. Ah, so you, you just, wanna, you it. just yeah. want to let your hands slowly go down or keep your hands inside the framework of your body. When you put your hands up or, hand, or pull your hands back, that, that's like saying I'm guilty. That's like right. that's like letting the, that's like drawing attention. You wouldn't do that unless you were holding the guy. Right, right. And they know that, which is why you don't ever want to do that. So don't try to look innocent. Just try to look like whatever you did was supposed to happen. Right. If you try Love to it. look, if you try to look innocent, they're going to find you guilty. You got to act like nothing happened, and you have no idea what they're talking about. So now you're about to face Ndamukong Sue. What's the best way to gain weight quickly? You're a week out from facing him, and you realize, you know, I could use an extra five pounds. What's a healthy, great way to gain weight fast? Uh, A lot of protein shakes and a lot of eggs, a lot of hard-boiled eggs, pretty much round the clock. I know guys that, 
you know, throughout their NFL career, they had to wake up every three hours, sometimes every four hours to have eggs or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever. That's, that's rough, man. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was not that kind of guy. I, I kind of had to, a couple times I had to actually cut a little bit, but I was not the kind of guy. The only <laughs> time I did that was going into my second year. I really tried to put weight on because my rookie year, it was so different from the Ivy League chet that I started the year at 316 and I ended it because of the rookie wall at 288. Woo! So I lost like 30 pounds my rookie year. I, my body was all messed up. I wasn't used to those hours. I was worn down. Right after practice, I would go home and sleep for a few hours. Then I would stay up all night. I wasn't eating right. I mean, it just – it really took a toll on my body. There's no question. But I love the approach. It's it's uh, it's pure Sylvester Stallone. It's pure Rocky. Protein shakes and eggs. That's impressive. Uh, now, listen, uh, last question. Where's the real action on the bench? If you're watching a game and they show the bench, because there's always wide receivers lipping off. But, uh, you know, and that's where the camera goes. But where's the real action on the bench? Who should we be watching if we get a chance to take a peek? All right. So I don't tell many people this, Chet. And you but won't be you telling many based guy, on my listeners. Well, <laughs> yeah. If you ever watch a guy on the bench by himself, yeah. sometimes a guy will, will go behind the bench and they'll have some towels. But at pretty much every game, I would sit on the bench and, you know, early fourth quarter, I'd put a couple towels down near my crotch and I would pee my pants. <laughs> Because I did not want to have – so if you ever see a guy stuffing towels down near his, you know, his, his groin uh-huh. and, and, and conspicuously sitting by himself on the bench, right? that was me because, you know, you, you want to stay hydrated. So I would drink so much Gatorade and water and everything trying to stay hydrated that, you know, by the time the midway through the fourth quarter came around – I really had to go, but I didn't – I mean, there's no time to go in and go to the bathroom, number one. No. Number two, I, I didn't want to have that feeling. I didn't want to play the rest of the game feeling like I had to pee. So I would just go in my pants on the bench. You have to. Man, I love that. To. That's the tip. You have to go. You have to go. That's all there is to it. And, uh, hey, what better way than to uh, throw fear in the hearts of your enemy than just a slight stench of urine on you next time you come out for action? I love that. That Advice Corner brought to you by Daylight. It's everywhere till about 6.30 or so. Now, Ross, before we uh, we go forward, uh, I, I'm actually, I got an actual ad here. This is from True Car. I don't know if you're familiar with these people. These days, uh, news travels lightning fast, which is great if you're a sports fan because between between updates and breaking news and notifications and Twitter feeds and apps. You can always be up to the minute on every team and every game and everything you're watching. But, uh, yeah, great for sports. It's the opposite when it comes to buying a car. You go online, you're bombarded with numbers, invoice, list price, dealer price. You don't know what the hell's going on. It's hard to know, and it's hard to know what to recognize and how to, hard to know these terms and if you're even getting a good deal. Not anymore. Introducing True Price from True Car. It's the only price you need to know because it's exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories. How do you know if your True Price is a great price? Well, 
True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car that you want, so you know how to recognize a good price. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. True Car, it really works. Some features not available in all states. All right. Ross, we're winding up with this. This is time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. This is, uh, Ross, this is, these are sports headlines that are so hot, some people use them as patio bug zappers. Fire number one. Can they successfully legislate safety into the NFL, or do we just have to wait for Elon Musk to invent some NFL body cloaking device? Can we, can we make rules that make it safer? They can make the game safer. They can never make it safe. So they can make it safer. They've already made it safer. I've said, Chet, that this is the safest football has ever been is right now. I mean, we know about concussions. We know about the protocol for that. We're not having as many defenseless hits to the head. We're not having as many practice time in two a day. So they'll never make it totally safe. It's just not the nature of the sport. But they can make it safer, and they keep taking steps in that direction. Fire number two. I can't can't tag that. That guy was articulate. You can tell he went to Princeton. Fire number two. Do the Seattle Seahawks even have 22 guys left who can get out there on Sunday? I keep listening to podcasts, and it sounds like they should drop down into uh, Power 5 college football. Everybody's writing them off. Yeah, I mean, they have 22 guys, but I can't imagine them making the playoffs this year. You know, they're kind of rebooting and retooling. We'll see if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson – can reboot and have sort of a a 2.0 version of this iteration of the Seahawks, kind of like Brady and Belichick did. But, you know, the Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor days, those are over. Yeah, that's gone. Okay, fire number three. Be honest. Where would you put PGA champ Brooks Kepka on your football roster? I'm leaning blocking back. Where would you go with him? He's a big dude. He's got some guns. Yeah, you know what? I, I, he's probably uh, either a safety or an outside linebacker. But, yeah, I like the way that dude looks. It, I, I derive a lot of joy, Chet, from the fact that the best golfer is the one dude that looks like he played football or plays <laughs> football. Yeah. That makes me very, very happy. Yeah, and he kept his cool, too. He had Tiger breathing down his neck, and he just uh, – I mean, he looked like he was out for a Sunday drive in a classic car. He did not flinch. Finally, fire number four. Will we ever see another Green Bay ownership model, or is it just going to be a, a, a continue, just a parade of lunatic billionaires? Is there any way to get into this that isn't that, that isn't Jerry Jones and these guys just going off the deep end? I don't think so because there's always going to be a guy like David Tepper, the hedge fund billionaire who had $11 billion and paid for the Carolina Panthers over $2 billion in cash. As long as there are guys willing to do that, uh, that's who the owners are going to sell it to as opposed to trying to organize you know, some type of fan ownership. That, that would be really tough to pull off. Any other way they can do it? Is there any conglomerate that could get in there and buy a team? Is the NFL going to sell to them? Like you say, it's probably too 
it's probably too damn appealing to just look at a guy who made a gazillion dollars in some dot-com venture and just go, all right, he's into delivering food door-to-door. Let's make him an NFL owner. Uh, but, but could there be someone who said, all right, let's at least apply sports analytics. Let's at least come at a franchise in a way that uh, is going to make our city and our team proud. Or is it just going to be crazy people? I guess it's just going to be crazy people. No, I think that there will be some owners that will will try that approach and and should. I mean, I don't know. I guess on some level, you could say that, you know, Jimmy Haslam with some of the hires he made, that he adopted that approach, but just didn't have the stomach for it after they went one and thirty one the last two years in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to have turtle skin. You're going to be an NFL one. you got to be tough. Uh, well, listen, that Fiery Four brought to you by the Hot Dog Ingredients Defense Council. You're cooking them at 500 degrees. What do you care what's in them? And also brought to you by Pandemodium. Get rid of your diarrhea in one chaotic blast with Pandemodium. All right, it's time for the plugs, buddy. Huge thanks to my guest today, the always entertaining and knowledgeable Ross Tucker, uh, Princeton grad, so the knowledgeable comes from there and entertainment. I'm guessing comes from his crazy uncles. Follow him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Check out his podcast uh, right here. I think on podcast one, right? Uh, the Ross Tucker football podcast. Ross, what else you got cooking that you might want folks to, to, to check out? Yeah, I mean, they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL. Like you said, um, Facebook is Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And go to RossTucker.com for all my podcasts. If you're into gambling or fantasy football or the business of sports or college football, I got podcasts for all of those things over at RossTucker.com. Well, so go to RossTucker.com for all your Ross Tucker sports needs, for Pete's sake. And listen, follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Thanks for listening. Without you, I'm just a guy mumbling in a park somewhere. Uh, I want to thank Podcast One for giving me the shot. And also, hey, if, you, if, you're, if you're dialing me up on Podcast One at Play With Pain and you're dialing Ross Tucker up at Ross Tucker Football Podcast or the Gambling Podcast or any of his, spin over to Steve Austin Unleashed every Thursday on Podcast One. Each week, join Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Steve Austin, stone cold, as he shares tales from his new life, unbelievable past adventures, and talks to his pro wrestling pals. You know what? You really don't want to miss it. It's wildly entertaining. Download Steve Austin Unleashed every Thursday on Podcast One or wherever you, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, once again, thanks to uh, Ross Tucker. Catch all his podcasts. If you want more of me, Chet Waterhouse, this week, I'll be on the road calling all the line jobs at Omarosa Book Signings for IsThisAFightOrNot.com. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.